This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. Day 12 of the UAW strike and things are really ratcheting up. Today's a big day in the Detroit area. President Biden is flying in to meet with workers on the picket line to show his support for them. Since Ford's Wayne Assembly Plant, just outside of Detroit, is on strike, presumably that's where he will be. Tomorrow, former President Trump will be in suburban Detroit to speak to union workers, but he's going to give his speech at a non-union supplier company. Trump has been attacking electric cars and says they're going to cost union jobs, and it's likely that's the pitch he'll make tomorrow. And this is where the plot thickens. Late yesterday, Ford announced it is immediately pausing construction of a battery plant that it's building in Michigan with CATL. In a statement, Ford said it would not resume construction until, and I quote, until we're confident about our ability to competitively operate the plant, close quote. And that suggests the stoppage is directly related to the contract negotiations with the UAW. The union has been adamant that workers in battery plants have to earn the same top wages as traditional UAW workers. But non-union battery plants in the U.S. would have significantly lower labor costs to make batteries. And everyone in the industry is struggling to cut the cost of making batteries. But it looks like there could be more to it than just that. Let's connect some of the dots here. President Biden is coming to Detroit and presumably will meet with striking Ford workers. That's got to be mighty annoying to Ford, to say the least. President Biden also has a lot riding on the transition to electric vehicles, which his administration has backed to the hilt. So when Ford announces it's stopping construction of a battery plant right on the eve of the president flying into town, seems to me it's more than a coincidence. Moreover, the governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, a Democrat, took a lot of heat providing state subsidies for that battery plant. And with construction of that plant coming to a standstill, it's going to put her in a bad light. The UAW says it's not going to endorse President Biden's re-election campaign unless he earns it. But Ford's move shows Biden and Democrats like Whitmer there's going to be a cost for their support of the UAW strike. Okay, one more strike-related item. But for this, we move north of the border. Unifor, the Canadian union, which already settled a contract with Ford, will now turn its sights on General Motors. While the UAW is negotiating with GM, Ford, and Stellantis simultaneously, Unifor is going after them one at a time. GM makes the Silverado and Sierra full-size pickups in Oshawa, Canada, and its engine and transmission plant in St. Catharines supplies multiple assembly plants. So a strike there would have an immediate ripple effect on GM's manufacturing operations. At Schaeffler, we pioneer motion. Electrifying mobility. Manufacturing smarter. Reducing CO2 emissions. Making energy production clean. Scheffler pioneers motion to advance how the world moves.
China is hopping mad at Europe's decision to launch an anti-subsidy investigation into Chinese EVs sold in Europe. That could result in tariffs being slapped on Chinese EVs if the EU concludes that Chinese automakers benefit from state subsidies. China's Commerce Minister said that the investigation is, and I quote here, a protectionist act that will affect China-EU green cooperation and the stability of the global automotive industry. China's Commerce Minister also met with the EU's Trade Commissioner over the weekend in China and made the message clear that they're not happy with this investigation. But it won't just be limited to Chinese EV makers. The EU's trade chief said any foreign automakers that export EVs from China to the EU will also be under investigation, and that includes Tesla. Meanwhile, Nissan is going all in on EVs in Europe. The automaker announced that every new model it launches in the EU from now on will be 100% electric. And by 2030, its entire lineup will be electric. To celebrate the 20th anniversary of the company's design studio in London, Nissan revealed a sporty, urban EV concept called the Concept 20-23. It didn't reveal any details or specs, but it looks like a fun little hatchback with a futuristic design. And speaking of fun electric hatches, there's a big mobility show going on in Japan this week. And Honda used the occasion to unveil this two-door electric commuter concept called the Sustaina C. The only info Honda released is that it's made of recycled and reused acrylic resin. Presumably, they're just referring to the body panels. But the design has a bit of a retro vibe to it with those round headlamps. Honda also showed this electric scooter called the SCE, which has swappable batteries, and it announced that it will debut an electric sports car concept, but it didn't provide any pictures or drawings of it. Maybe it's going to be an update of the sports EV concept that it showed at the 2017 Tokyo Motor Show. You know, not only do Chinese automakers dominate the EV segment, Chinese suppliers now dominate the auto display market. We're talking about those big center screens in cars and trucks. According to a study from the technology research group called Omdia, Chinese suppliers control 45% of the car display market. That's up from just 7% a decade ago. Specifically, Chinese suppliers control 55% of the LCD market and 18% of the OLED market for those screens. Omdia says China will continue to dominate the screen market because of cost and capacity advantages. But maybe the Chinese don't have this thing. Ford's the first automaker to offer digital license plates. It partnered with digital license plate maker Reviver to offer plates at 304 dealerships in Arizona, California, and Michigan because currently those are the only states that allow digital plates. Customers can also order the plate through a catalog. And some of the benefits of these digital plates include GPS location and customization, but they are not cheap. The cheapest battery-powered version costs $215, or you can lease it for about $20 a month. You know, the cost of everything seems to be going up these days, and that includes the cost of owning a new car. According to the AAA, in 2019, the average annual cost for the first five years of ownership, driving 15,000 miles a year, was $9,232. 
It's no longer that price. Now that cost has jumped to $12,182. That study factors in fuel, maintenance, insurance, registration, taxes, and depreciation. Not surprisingly, the cost varies by the type of vehicle you're looking at. A small sedan averages about $8,939 a year, while a half-ton crew cab pickup comes in at $15,858. And all of that is up significantly from the pre-COVID days. Oh, a programming note here. There's not going to be an auto line after hours on Thursday. I'm going to be at the SAE's North American International Propulsion Conference in Chicago. And Gary is traveling on vacation, but we will be back again next week, and we invite you to join us then. Anyway, that wraps up today's report. Thanks for making AutoLine Daily a part of your day. AutoLine Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game. Scheffler, we pioneer motion. And by Tajin Automotive Technologies, the formula for better mobility. At Tajin Automotive Technologies, we combine world-class composite materials expertise with cutting-edge designs. Because frankly, there are better ways to lightweight vehicles. So lighten up with Tajin Automotive Technologies, the formula for better mobility. want to know what drives your testing OTA connected car diagnostics remote testing intrepid control systems is here to help you work from anywhere intrepid control systems driven by your data